2: this episode of ghost town may contain disturbing or graphic descriptions which may not be suitable for all audiences please use discretion while listening hollywood land i'm jason horton i'm rebecca lieb and this is ghost town
1: December 8th, 1923, an illumination ceremony was seen from Mount Lee, a craggy mid-sized mountain in the Beechwood Canyon area of the Santa Monica Hills. It was dim but powerful, a small crowd watching rays of blinking lights that looked down on the burgeoning town of Hollywood, illuminating 13 50-foot-tall white uppercase letters that glowed Holly, Wood, and Land. Then a somewhat dramatic advertisement for a local real estate agency, the Hollywood sign would evolve to become one of the most famous landmarks of all time. It's a 100-year tenure spanning death, ruin, controversy, and so much more. In honor of its 100th birthday, today we're talking about the Hollywood sign and its strange yet on brand, at least for Los Angeles, century journey from advertisement to icon. The Hollywood sign was the brainchild of Henry Chandler, the L.A. Times owner and real estate developers Woodruff and Schultz, who created it as a temporary ad campaign for a new housing development in the Hollywood Hills. It was the early 20s, and Hollywood was a place of opportunity and development, seducing filmmakers to settle in the rolling hills around the 25-mile, mostly farmland-forward area who make a lot of money. Entertainment won out over agriculture, and while the first studio opened in 1913, from there, the four major film companies, Paramount, Warner Brothers, RKO, and Columbia, together made the area the fifth-largest industry in the nation. Needless to say, the nickname Tinseltown brought not just business, but people, and people needed homes. So Woodruff and Schultz hired the Crescent Sign Company to build 13 south-facing, 30-foot-wide and 50-foot-high wooden letters on the hillside, painted in all white. Hauled up the hills by mules, the project at the time cost about $21,000, equivalent to around $360,000 in 2022, and was intended to stay up in the mountains for about a year, a year and a half. The letters were finished off with around 4,000 light bulbs, and the completed sign alternated between flashing holly, wood, and land. I know what you're asking. Why the land part? As cultural historian Leo Brody writes in his book The Hollywood Sign, Fantasy and Reality of an American Icon, the addition of the suffix land was likely part of a slick marketing scheme, maybe in tribute to Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, or Neverland in J.M. Barrie's Peter Pan. Whatever the literary inspiration, the kind of magical fantasy, the word, the lights, the hills, all of it, overall, the effect was, for the time, incredibly cool. Keep in mind, this was before the Las Vegas Strip was even constructed. The idea of a sculptural, alighted advertisement was still incredibly novel. The sign hung out on Mount Lee fairly uneventfully until the night of September 16th, 1932, When a 24-year-old British actor named Peg Entwistle told her uncle, whom she lived with, that she was going on a walk to the drugstore to see some friends. She left her uncle's home, walked to the sign, climbed a maintenance ladder to the top of the letter H, and jumped to her death. Two days later, a hiker found Entwistle's purse, which contained a suicide note that read, "'I am afraid I am a coward. I am sorry for everything. If I had done this a long time ago, it would have saved me a lot of pain.' P. E. Eventually, investigators found Entwistle's body in a ravine under the sign, and her uncle identified the remains of his niece. Her suicide, prominently covered by the tabloids, made her known as the quote, Hollywood sign girl, a kind of shadow side of the Hollywood dream. With some success on Broadway, Entwistle had come out to Los Angeles to pursue a career in film and found it very difficult. In Hollywood Babylon, Kenneth Anger's sensationalized 1959 book on alleged Tinseltown scandals, the filmmaker and author claimed that, quote, other disillusioned starlets followed her lead, and the Hollywood sign became a notorious signing-off place. But as a note of levity in Pegg's story, her last role was a small part in the Myrna Loy movie Thirteen Women, credited as one of the earliest female ensemble films. Some say that Peg still makes her presence known around the sign— Hikers, joggers, and explorers experience the smell of gardenia, Peg's favorite flower and perfume, or even spot a figure dressed in 1930s clothing with a sad or confused expression, walking on the path or floating on the hill, especially when the conditions are foggy. In the wake of the Great Depression, the Hollywoodland development that the sign was advertising quietly went away, and ownership of the sign was transferred to the city. The city turned off the Hollywood sign's lights permanently, so good luck seeing it in the dark. At this point, perhaps surprising nobody, the sign, made from wood, paint, and metal, quickly deteriorated. The letter H was destroyed in early 1944, according to the L.A. Times, by, quote, vandals or windstorms. In 1949, locals had enough of the rickety, chipped sign, calling it a, quote, eyesore and a detriment to the community, and advocated for it to be completely taken down. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce protested against the sign's removal and eventually offered to repair it, entering into a contract with the City of Los Angeles Parks Department to refurbish the sign. The contract stipulated that land be removed to spell Hollywood and reflect the actual name of the area, giving the sign a distinctly different chapter from its old advertising days. In September 1949, the Hollywood land sign became just the Hollywood sign, shortened for the purposes of the area's new identity and not an ad. And of course, less letters means less expense. In 1948, a songwriter, mystic, and proto-hippie named Eden Abes lived for a time beneath the Hollywood sign. Abez's big claim to fame was writing a hit single for Nat King Cole called Nature Boy. And oh, what a nature boy he was. Sleeping under the first L of the sign, touting the benefits of natural everything, and according to Abez himself, eating a vegetarian diet on $3 a week. After Abez's unconventional residence was made known to the public, Cole's version of Nature Boy shot to number one in the Billboard charts, and remained there for eight consecutive weeks during the summer of 1948. And then the sign hung out for another decade, witnessing the changing of the times from the post-war era of L.A. into the swinging 60s, swinging and moving, because, during the 1960s, Hollywood suffered through a mass exodus of residents and film studios moving to the suburban San Fernando Valley. By 1970, Paramount was the only studio left in town, and downtown Hollywood changed, becoming overrun by adult movie theaters, massage parlors, head shops, and the like. By 1973, the sign had been officially made a cultural landmark. As a note, the ceremony was hosted by Gloria Swanson, but was blanketed in a thick fog that nearly obscured the event from view. But the sign also fell back into disrepair. According to the Hollywood Sign Trust, the sign was, quote, rusted, dilapidated, soon to literally crumble under its own weight. At this point, the top of the D and the entire third O had toppled down Mount Lee, and an arsonist set fire to the bottom of the second L. It was, as you'd imagine, in the roughest shape of its existence. But someone very famous and very unexpected came to save the Hollywood sign brand from squalor. I'll give you a hint, he loves bunnies
0: and grottos. More after the break. or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? How's
1: it going out there?
2: We're checking in.
1: We are checking in this mid-December. And
2: other people are just checking out. As soon as we That's start talking, right. it's fly-by. You know, we'll be back after.
1: Everyone's off doing their thing, seeing family.
2: Where your family.
1: <laughs> That's right. Where your family now. And I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. Well...
2: You want to dump your trauma on us? You want to be like, you remember what you used to say and do? And I was like, I don't remember going like that at all. Mm. I'm already defensive.
1: (laughs) He's already on the defense. That makes sense. Given the holiday season, I understand.
2: We want to say hello to anyone who's listening. Yes, we absolutely do. Supporting us, spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes.
2: And they've been helping us. They've been making things run smoothly all year, Mm -hmm, our mm -hmm. government. That's right. The mayors, they never take a break.
1: Never, never they do.
2: They epitomize the glitz and glamour (laughs) of Hollywood. That's right. You know, they each own a hot Hollywood restaurant.
1: Oh, they do. You
2: didn't know they did that?
1: I can't wait to find out more.
2: Owner of the Chipotle on Vine. Ooh,
1: that's a good one.
2: It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. People like it. They're excited. Mm-hmm. They are more excited when it first opened. Now they're kind of like, okay, Chipotle's here. <laughs> but they keep it running. That's Emma Hopkins. Hello. This person runs the now defunct Johnny Rockets on Ooh, Melrose. love
1: it, love it. Still holding on to Have that IP though. Nope, never been there, but I love it.
2: Little 50s. Mm-hmm. Back when times were good.
1: That's right. Things were better, right? <laughs> That's they right. Everything better. was better.
2: Everything was better uh-huh. for some people and worse for everybody else. Mm-hmm. That's Casey Weber. Hello. <laughs> this person runs the Habit Burgers in <laughs> North Hollywood.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I
2: think it's near the Haha ha Cafe comedy,
1: <laughs> oh, comedy zone. That's right. Go to the zone and then grab a burg. And grab a berg.
2: Gra- grab onto a
1: berg. That's right. It's important.
2: That's Kelly Meehan. Hello. This person, they run a swank place. The Saddle Ranch. Oh,
1: On a I love the Boulevard. Saddle Ranch. That's an authentic love.
2: That's, yeah. If you, if you touch a railing, you might catch something. Mm, I feel like that's I the wanna. vibe of that place.
1: I want it. Uh, yeah. If I'm there, I want it.
2: Every time I go by, I'm like, this place is still going. That's right. They still- They in- have in- a great brunch. At yeah. least the
1: one- uh, by Universal used to have a great brunch. That's a little Hollywood tip for you. You're well, welcome. It's closed now, though.
2: The one on the strip. <laughs> that's run by Cat Josel. Hello. But she changes her name from C-A-T to K-A-T when she's, when she's running the place.
1: Bad girl alert.
2: <laughs> I wish they would do a bad girl alert so I would know not to go. <laughs> Frankly, Please. sorry.
1: Someone communicate these sorry. bad girl alerts. I
2: would like a meal, right? I don't want bad. <laughs> this person runs a competitive place right up the street little Mel's Diner.
1: Mel's, we're in Diner Zone. Yeah, we're in Go Diner zone. zone. We're in
2: Dinersville. Wow, we're in the Diner Zone. Cool. It's classic. Can I
1: hash browns on the side, please? Of what? Make them extra dry. Yeah, I don't
2: trust anything you order. <laughs> Honestly, you get so weird, and I feel like you regret it.
1: It's bad. I do regret it. You're right. This is as soon my... as you
2: said hash browns on the side, I knew I was like, you Listen, shouldn't be trusted. This is my only flaw. I only would say, I'll order for the lady, because she doesn't <laughs> make-
1: She's a baby in this world. She's just born into this menu. She just doesn't know how to navigate. She's That's only true.
0: Heard
2: a certain food. I used to
1: be good, though. Yeah. It's like I used to be something that I'm not anymore.
2: You'll get some kind of soup. It's really tough. Or some kind of weird. It's really tough on me.
1: Yeah, it's not. Then you watch I
2: everyone else like, eat their like, like oh, cool you know.
1: good shit, and I'm here with a, a crustini. and I'm like, <laughs> what, what Who did I become?
2: Well, Ashley Matson will make sure you order the right thing. Thank you. This person runs this defunct. Restaurant that used to be the Source Family restaurant. We did have oh, some of the Source we Family, did, right? we did. So if you want to go back to the Source Family, yes, you this should. This place was probably replaced by a bunch of things, but most recently, a little Cabo Cantina <laughs> right there. Oh, right yeah. Right there on sunset. Transport it me is, to
1: Mexico, baby. It
2: is closed as hell, <laughs> but the oh. sign still lingers. And guess hell who's still yeah. paying the rent? Matthew Clemens Leray. He won't let go. No, thank you, though. You shouldn't. This is a classic. I haven't been to this one in years, but it's, it's actually a classic punk kind of hangout back in the day. Mm. This person runs the Okie Dog.
1: Yeah. On Fairfax. Wow. A lot of people that you've been mentioning have run lots of different things. Yes. we have gone all the way yes. from a shitty Mexican train mm. restaurant to the Okie you Dog. Yeah. Okay. We've taken a journey.
2: It used to be like a real punk rock kind of mm-hmm. haven. Um, you know, a lot of... Clashing with the punks and the cops and and mm-hmm. and all that, but it's still there. I've been I i only ate there a couple of times. It's mm-hmm. weird. An Okie mm-hmm. dog is it's like a split hot dog with like
1: you got pieces of like, cheese in it. Right? Yeah, it
2: was... and it's in an ashtray. I don't know what yeah, it is. No, it's I, I it's weird. It. It's I've been weird, meaning to go there. But... It's weird. We should go there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we should, it's just
1: should we do a live show there?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to ask the owner, Marissa Rothermel. Hello, and our governor. <laughs>
1: Mhm mhm mhm.
2: She's one step away of bulldozing the ivy Spago. Hell yeah. Any huge hot classic place mm-hmm. Muso's and Franks? She's you're lucky. I'm not I'm not turning this place yeah. into like, an Amazon Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: better watch yourselves. You're going to be a forever <laughs> 21 Muso and Frank.
2: She's the one pulling the strings all the classic joints mm-hmm. and the new joints, you all pay tribute to her mm-hmm. so she can be on another private jet. Exactly. I don't she's, understand.
1: She's ball busting so she can chill. I was like,
2: post one story <laughs> where you're just eating a bag of M&M's exactly. because that's where you're at.
1: Exactly. That's what I did
2: in San Diego for, for dinner. I just <laughs> scoop away protein and a bag of M&M's for dinner oh every night because everything was just, it was like lines and I just wanted to get back because I was tired. Ugh. So that I just ate Is on my stomach. It was just like a bag of. I mean, it was on my stomach. Yeah.
1: God, that's horrible. That's dark as hell. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) the life of on the road of a stand-up comic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, that would be our governor. Noble. avian noble if you want no ads no chit chat bonus episodes just the good stuff seven days free if you want to try it out maybe it's a new year's resolution for you mm. right, to give Improve us one chance yourself yes or waste more time mm-hmm. head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod and we will have a new bonus christmas bonus mm-hmm. up up in the patreon very 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 soon we're talking about that a today good one it's gonna be a good one
1: we're gonna do, we're doing some Christmas deep cuts. I think usually we have like one Christmas episode. We've got a bunch of them. Yeah. So if you really want to lean in, which you do, why not? That's what we're doing. Let's so you,
2: do it. You want to go back to where we essentially are, right? You yeah. Go let's Hollywood? go back to
1: three miles Those down <laughs> from where we're recording this right now. But instead of 2023, it is 1978. And the Hollywood sign looks like shit. Let's be honest. But... It is still beloved, as evidenced by two individuals, one, two, depending on who you ask, my research frames it both ways, who both commit to restoring the sign to its former glory. The first was Alice Cooper, and the second was, probably more famously, Hugh Hefner, both of whom participated and wildly promoted a fundraiser for the sign, one just as hyped as the sign itself. The fundraiser to restore the Hollywood sign auctioned off the sign's letters, symbolically, of course, at the low, low price of $27,700 each. Of course, the only people who could afford that kind of donation, A, really loved the sign, and B, had to be pretty wealthy. But each letter was bought in an effort to raise money not to refurbish or repair the sign, but to reconstruct the sign totally anew. You want to know who bought each of the letters? Okay. The H. Terrence Donnelly, publisher of the Hollywood Independent Newspaper, does not exist anymore, but pretty good. H is pretty good real estate. The O, who bought the O? Do you know?
2: I don't. I was familiar with Alice Cooper and Hugh Hefner because the a couple big names especially mm-hmm. who came to bringing it back to its former glory.
1: Yeah. The O is Alice Cooper. He bought the O and donated the money in memory of comedian Groucho Marx. Did you know he was a big fan of I have no idea. I think
2: there is a pretty famous photo of them together. Okay, that I've seen in my, you know, internet travels.
1: Mm, travels around the internet. Alice Cooper also Wisconsin native. Just throw that out there. The L uh, was Les Kelly, founder of the Kelly Blue Book. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the other L, Gene Autry, kind of kind of a LA, out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he's got a museum. Yeah, with this a big LA guy. But I also didn't even realize he was still alive at this yeah. point. I think. The Y, of course, Hugh Hefner, founder of Playboy. He's
2: yeah, like, that's why? You're yeah, like, that's why. I don't why. know. That's why. I okay. was like,
1: yeah, 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 he's more like that, right? Sure. Uh, the W, Andy Williams, the singer, and we talked a little bit about how he was embroiled in a
2: murder, right? We? I think so. He does like Christmas. He did some Christmas. Yeah, he did Christmas.
1: Christmas. His ex-wife had a very high-profile murder case, mm. and it's really fascinating. I. I think I looked up if we had covered it. It's just where my brain's at. But if we have not, we will definitely. Because Andy Williams, for someone who's a benign TV singer, I wouldn't say milquetoast, but like, heals too many mass audiences, he has a very illicit uh, history. Then we have O, the other O, uh, Giovanni Mazza, the Italian movie producer and co-founder of Panaria Film. Does that ring a bell to you? No. no. Then we have the last O of hollywood warner brothers records heard of it no not at all no oh interesting yeah um well to round it out d dennis lidkey he's a businessman he's a high profile businessman maybe d for dennis i'm not sure but it's a, it's a wild mix of like, what hollywood is right they should have like,
2: just kept it going like hollywood is cool just to get more money i don't know yeah just to,
1: they should have done that Yeah. Um, but they too didn't, late, too late, they didn't too do late. that they didn't do that Um, So the old sign was scrapped in August 1978 and presumably destroyed, we'll get to that in a bit, and a new sign was completely built with the over $250,000 made from the auction, which still feels like not that much considering how much money is kind of flowing through these hills and with these high profile figures, but it was 78. Honestly, the sign after reconstruction looked as good as new. And when I say it looked really good like new after its makeover, it, it did, it looked pristine based on its reconstruction in the 1980s, the sign was doing pretty well for itself. It helped that in 1980, a $90 million federal grant gave the green light to many Hollywood restoration projects, including Disney Studios rehabbing the El Capitan Theater, the Egyptian restoration and the makeover of the Roosevelt Hotel and Pantages. So the sign itself became the crown jewel of the new and improved Hollywood downtown. In 1987, the sign was altered to read Hollywood for the visit of Pope John Paul II, very edgy. But it wasn't the first in the long tradition of altering the sign. On January 1st, 1976, Danny Finegood, a former California State University Northridge student, changed the sign to Holly Weed to celebrate a state law decriminalizing marijuana and for an art project. According to history, he got an A, and we've covered that as well. But stunts don't just extend to the sign itself. Actor and Oscar winner, well back before she had one, Michelle Yeoh was suspended above the Hollywood sign in a glittering silver dress for a 1997 National Geographic cover story. The photographer, quote, thought it would be fantastic if we have this actress hanging over the Hollywood sign. Which makes sense. Yeoh told Jimmy Kimmel in an interview, quote, We were two helicopters hanging. He was in one. It was so cold. I think that was the real test. Not to be outdone, in the 2004 film The Day After Tomorrow, the sign is prominently featured and is eventually taken out by a tornado. But that's not the only fake destruction of the sign appearing in film. Others include its 1978 demise in Superman, 1991's The Rocketeer, and Resident Evil Afterlife in 2010. Perhaps destroying the sign means, metaphorically, destroying the hub of entertainment itself. In 2005, producer-entrepreneur Dan Bliss put the deconstructed original Hollywood sign up for auction on eBay. Quote, I've thoroughly enjoyed owning it, and I think someone would really enjoy having the opportunity to have that claim to fame, he said to press. Originally thought to be destroyed, Bliss sold the skeleton of the Hollywood sign to artist Bill Mack for $450,000, who used the sheet metal as a medium to paint the likenesses of stars from the golden age of Hollywood. In August 2012, Mack constructed an exact replica of the letter H from the metal. Eventually, Herb Wesson and Tom Lebonge of the Los Angeles City Council presented Mack with a certificate of recognition for his restoration efforts and preservation of the sign. At least, the H, I guess. In 2013, another legendary image was made of the Hollywood sign when a National Geographic photographer took a remote portrait of mountain lion P-22 stalking the hills in front of the sign. The photo capitulated the cat to international fame, and he lived for about 10 years until he was hit by a car and euthanized in December of 2022. If you want to hear more about P-22's inspiring and crazy and sad story, we did an episode on him, uh, actually about a year ago. From now, it's the only episode probably that I've cried writing, which probably says more about me than the episode, but you can decide for yourself. It's Ghost Town episode 238, the world-famous P-22. In 2022, the sign also readied itself for its 100th year with a new PR team and a fresh paint job. In fact, the sign gets painted once a decade and takes weeks to complete. In January, to kick off a year of centennial celebration, the president of the Hollywood Sign Trust announced a campaign to build an official visitor center with facilities for tourists, a museum, and a movie theater. The plan is, in part, a response to the current challenges of accessing the Hollywood sign. That is, it's really hard to do, and pretty much all you can do to access it is hike up to it from Griffith Park, its public park neighbor. So why have so much fanfare around a strange wooden sign in the SoCal Hills? So why have so much fanfare around a strange wooden sign in the Southern Californian hills? Some people have some thoughts about that. Quote, The Hollywood sign is a perfect representation of Hollywood at the place, says Michael Shulman, a staff writer at The New Yorker. Like an old movie set, it's a showbiz illusion, two-dimensional and only presentable from the front. But of course, East Coasters love to hate on Los Angeles, and in my opinion, that's a cynical way of looking at the sign. To me, the sign isn't an illusion at all but a fragile amalgamation of Los Angeles at any given place in time. It's also a symbol of aspiration, of hope. Quote, The sign has become a worldwide symbol of the Hollywood of the imagination, cultural historian Leo Brody in The Hollywood Sign, Fantasy and Reality of an American Icon writes. Quote, And its nine letters allow anyone who sees it to fill it with whatever meaning they want. And we do. Happy birthday, Hollywood Sign, to another hundred years of bridging the gap between imagination and reality.